Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Walk me through the decision to to unleash a strike on your non-preferred. I, I must admit, I didn't think you you, you, you had that. In- I didn't really. um, you know, we were just pushing to play forward, slipped uh, Jasper in, um, ball got deflected out, took a touch in that space. And I was at the point where my legs were just done. So, like, it was more just to just to hope, you know. But I just put it on frame, and good things happen when you strike the ball hard. So, you know, that's what our kind of mentality was in that last 15 minutes is just play balls into the box. You know, we're going to get those bounces. We're going to get those flicks, and we have to believe in that. And, you know, we had those two opportunities before that went our way, and then the third one, you know, continued after that. So we were fortunate to, uh, you know, have that good hard work at the end to get the three points. You um you you were around a little bit towards the end of last year once your season down there in Arizona got done. I remember seeing you at Portland, but you know Real Salt Lake went on this run under Pablo last year, and then it's obviously continued into this year, despite with the roster being kind of you know, somewhat depleted. That there, there seems to be a narrative forming now. I have to imagine across the league that Real Salt Lake has this sort of belief that you just you have to be careful of. What where does it all start? Is there any way you, for you to explain? Do you feel like the, the team had a ton of belief despite being down two goals? Yeah, I do. I mean, I even remember Scott Codwell running off the field saying, come on, guys, give it our all. We got 25 more minutes left, you know, just, just instilling that belief to us. I think Pablo's done a great job this whole preseason is, you know, any little factors that don't go our way, don't make excuses, but, you know, find ways to make the solutions from that, you know. You know, always have that belief that, you know, we're going to get something out of every opportunity that we, you know, work, 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 work on, basically. And, you know, I think it just rolled into the game that, you know, we had the uh, variables of the weather that we're not going to be able to control. You know, we had those two bounces that didn't go our way, but we just kept with it, stayed the course. And, you know, we found those opportunities at the end to make the difference. All right, we'll jump to Ethan Kershaw. Your line's open. Ethan, your line's open. Hey, Tate, thanks for your time tonight. Um, obviously congrats on the, the three points and the win. Um, it, it looked obviously, I mean, there's, it was a bit slippery out there for you guys throughout a majority of the game and getting your footing, obviously it was pretty tough, but tonight for you, I think a lot of it was, um, obviously you, you've fallen into Pablo's, uh, favor lately and uh, yeah. um, really impressed him as a player. And I know, I know in previous years uh, you were in and out of lineups. So I guess my first part of my question is kind of, um, how good does it feel to get back out there and just be starting with the team and the guys? And also, how much work did you put in through this offseason, and do you kind of see that paying off right now? Uh, repeat that first question before paying off. What was the first one again? Sorry, do you mind? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, how does it feel kind of to be out there starting again with uh, with the guys on the field? 
You know, it's amazing. Uh, you know, it's been three years with all ourselves. My fourth year, you know, kind of started off as the attacking role forward, outside winger position. But, you know, with my development, they, they saw me more as an outside winger player. So, you know, I had that opportunity with the Monarchs to play um, the outside wing back in the 3-5-2, similar to what we're playing now. And then, you know, in the, in the years after that, I was progressing to left back. And, you know, it takes time, honestly, to learn a new position, especially one you're unfamiliar with. So, you know, I was fortunate to be able to go to Phoenix the year before and get game-like experience playing it and, you know, real-life situations and compete at a high level at Phoenix. And I think just all that time and preparation and being patient with it really just helped me, you know, learn day in, day out all the different things that you're not really, you know, sure of that you're you know when playing a position that you're not used to so I think that's just helped my confidence going into this year that you know every situation that we're kind of in now I'm familiar with it and it's just you know giving trust in the people around me Tanke, Scott Codwell, Miram that you know I can play at this level and you know help contribute to help this team and you know we're gonna, gonna keep it going one game at a time. Ethan do you have a follow-up? No thanks Meg. Awesome all right we'll go to Alex Maurer your line's open. Hey, first of all, congrats on the win. That was an awesome finish. Uh, I don't know if you saw after the game, but Carlos Hill is adamant that you can't play soccer in the weather conditions that we saw tonight. He used some colorful language to express that. But now that you've kind of done it back to back weeks now, how would you describe the, I guess, not the benefits, but the differences in playing in weather like that? And how have we done so well in back to back weeks in, you know, horrible weather? No, I think the the biggest thing is being defensively sound that when there's every little, you know, quick mistake from a guy slipping or not taking the right touch on the ball that, you know, you have good, um, let's say, support behind you, you know, and I think that just comes with the communication from the team, making sure that players, let's say, instead of being in a more eager, eager position forward, they're more disciplined, you know, back behind the ball just in case if something doesn't go the right way. I think, you know, that's what's one of the things we've been working on is, you know, being defensive minded first, especially on the road. And I think, you know, even before those two goals went in, we, we did a great job just absolutely battling and fighting for, you know, every little play. Pablo told us before the game, there's 5,400 moments in a game and, you know, you got to help the team make, make the one that can change the game or not be the one that makes the ball go the opposite way for the other team. So I think we, you know, found those chances and we stayed the course and we had that will and desire to get those three points and we were able to have that comeback, which was, which was big. Awesome. Thank you. And then just a quick follow-up. I just wanted to make sure before we spread this too much, does the nickname Taters have your blessing? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I've been called that from the academy days for numerous coaches and, and teammates, so I'm used to it. <laughs>